this is Patty. Welcome to The Witching Hour. I have a beautiful guest for you today. He's an author, astrologer, ritualist, Wiccan elder, billions of books. I exaggerate only a tiny bit. The one and only Evo Dominguez Jr. But before I bring on Evo with lots of great stuff. Where's Patty? Yep, my once a week to look at my calendar and go, especially now. For I want to tell everybody, first off, I am hacked. I am hacked on Facebook, which has moved into email and all sorts of things. I am never going to call you and solicit. I'm never going to tell you, hey, look at this online. It's not me. It's fake me. Let me know. Report it. Delete it. Whatever that is. But if you are listening to this, the week we first drop when I'm still hacked, which is Monday, March 4th, 2024, I am home. I probably just arrived home late last night from Las Vegas from doing a wonderful weekend at Halloween Emporium, witchy weekend, two seances, workshops, all sorts of stuff. I am sure I'll be going back soon. It's one of my favorite, really intimate places to hang out. So I am home for March. So that means, what are you doing? So if you are watching this before Tuesday, at my school, University Magicus, I am doing a class on haunted dolls. Yep, my first class on haunted dolls, I think maybe my second. I do have a book coming out. If you have want to know about the care and feeding and a little bit of information on haunted dolls, says Belle in the back, check out universitymagicus.com or magicu.org. And Wednesday, join me online on YouTube and social media for the Witches Movie Coven where Heather, Jason, Richard Lael, Courtney, and I usually disagree about witches and movie. It's really fun. It's really silly. And it's live. So you guys get to be right in the chat room telling us what you think. Wands up, wands down, good movie, bad movie, good witchcraft, bad witchcraft. And it's a fun little hour. So join us for that. In April, I am going to be in Arizona at Globe Paracon, Spirits of the Old Globe, check it out. I don't know where it is, but it's in the middle of Arizona somewhere in a cool old haunted ghost town. Join me there. In May, pack your bags. I am going to Romania and you can join me. A witch and vampire tour of Romania with my bestie father, Sebastian. We're going to do witchy stuff and vampy stuff all over Romania and castles and once in a lifetime. I'm, I could hardly wait. And then after that, I'm going to be in Penhurst for Penhurst Paracon. My first time there, it's been high on my bucket list. So let's hang out with the paranormal folks and teaching and doing galleries. And then I'm heading before the end of the month to Texas, back to Miracles of Joy, my favorite Dallas area hangout to do a whole magical witchy weekend there. In June, I'm going to be Spirits in the Spring. I'm going to be at Pacific Coast Paracon. But this is way too much for you to remember. So just go to pattynegri.com. And you can get lists. Sign up for my newsletter and I send out occasional, here's where I am and do this and free classes and free workshops and videos of my magic classes. Other than that's where I am right here, right now. Hey, everybody. Guess what time it is? Yep. It is time for the Willow Report. Or this week, we're going to call her the Picky Eater Willow. All of a sudden, at two years old, this one is the pickiest eater I have. Look at, she's moaning right now. She didn't eat her breakfast yet, hours ago. She's become a picky eater. When we first got her, when we first became her parents, we decided we wanted to 
keep her really healthy and not lots of people food or anything like that. So we've always tried to feed her really good food. And she's always been, okay, food's okay. We live with food. Now, all of a sudden, the last month or so, she doesn't like anything. I think we are spending more on her food than we spend on our food by 10 times over. We get all those fancy new fresh pets and this and that and find your dog and make your own. But she looks at it and walks away. We have to bribe her. We have to spoon feed her. We have to throw cream on it, which is probably not good. We have to put chicken pieces. We have to put. So what I'm asking, and you guys put it in the comments, just say, how do you get a dog who doesn't want to eat? Which I not, I think I'd ever say anything about anything within my household. Anything that didn't like to eat has just never been in my vocabulary in my entire life. But what do you do with a picky eater, a picky dachshund? She's got to eat, right? So tell me what you think. Put it in the comments. Help me. She's in a trance. She's hungry. That's the Willow Report. For this week's magic lesson or spell lesson, we're going to do quickie energy changes. Quickie energy changes. Because when we talk this week with Evo Dominguez Jr., he talks about clearing rooms and things. And I want you to know one thing that I think everybody should own, every household should have for quick energy changes is a bell. I talk about clearing houses and using the Palo Santo and the sounds and the bells and the herbs and the oils and eggshells and everything. But one simple bell can completely change the energy. If you notice that your home, your house, your workplace is arguing or stale or just negative or uninspired, ring in the magic. I have lots of bells. Here's a beautiful little glass bell, antique glass bell. Has a certain sound. Here's my brass bell. Literally, setting your intent. Sound is magic. Bells bring in spirit. Think about it. We have church bells. We have temple bells. We have singing bells, singing bowls, Tibetan bowls. Sound is magic. It literally is science. It's vibration that sends things out. So if you are putting your intent into anything, I work a lot with little chimes too, a form of bell. So all of a sudden, if your house or your home place or wherever you are is not feeling it, set your intent and walk around going, I am ringing in joy. I am ringing in happiness. I am ringing in health and energy and productivity and whatever it is you want. That's all you have to do. No herbs, no oils, no anything. You are literally changing the sound waves. So get yourself a bell. They're not expensive. You can get one at secondhand stores all the time. So get a fancy, get a plain. Listen to what it sounds like. Because they're all, because this is the magic and science part. Everything's going to be different. That's why a lot of us also work with tuning forks and things and along the way. But to have a bell that you go, oh, this resonates with me and get it and change everything. The other thing that you can do, remember, is our sound, our breath. I'm always talking about breath, how it's our life force. It's our pneuma. It's the free will coming out. The best thing you could do to when you really need to shift something is laugh. Because number one, how I talk about vows open up the crown of a lemon. Vows, almost every sacred word is a vow. Amen. Om. Hey. hey and whatever that is. Literal laughter is vows. Huh? And again, if you want to, if again. Your body's not feeling, your mind's not feeling it, your house is not feeling it. Or maybe let's go paranormal. We're on a paranormal investigation and a real scary something just came up and you just don't know what to do about it. 
or you do know it. The best thing to do, laugh. <laughs> Even a fake laugh that sounds ridiculous, if it sounds so ridiculous, <laughs> you're going to turn it into a real laugh. But everything you are doing, you are sending out those vowels. You are sending out your air. You could change your state of being, which changes outside change of being, and send it out to the outside state of being. So no, you have magic built in. You're your own little bell. But just quickie magic right now. Get yourself a bell. But until then, you always have your breath. You always have your air. Magic is everywhere. Sometimes you just got to hear it. We have some amazing magic. I'm going to get to know him with you. We, he's an author. He's a witch. He's an astrologer. He's a ritualist. He's a Wiccan elder. The one and only Evo Dominguez Jr. Welcome, Evo. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm just so pleased to be here. I know we have a lot of friends in common, and I was looking forward to this. I know. This is great. I have a few of your books on my shelf. You are the yeah. anchor to the whole series of the Sun Sign Witch series, right? Yeah, yeah. And the last one, the, the one that just brought was the Scorpio Witch. Ah. And the next one, I think, Sag is coming out in April. And then there'll be a little break. Uh, and then next year, we'll hit with uh, Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces. So, that's yeah, that's 12, uh, it's 12 books in about 14-month span. That's pretty fast. That is good. I'm the only author. It's an anchor author, so I've written about half of each one and the rest by beautiful, wonderful other people that uh, got involved in the project. Oh, that is beautiful. That's still a lot. Okay, we could say that. So how much, again, I'm not an astrologer. I love it. Mm -hmm. I respect it. Yep. It doesn't work in my brain like math. How much different is I'm a Libra witch compared to a Scorpio or an Aries witch? As, or do, our, do we look at things differently as a rule because of our sun sign? Yeah, from a witchcraft perspective or a spiritual perspective, it's a little bit different. People, when they talk about astrology, they're usually looking at personality stuff or predictive stuff, and that's really useful. However, Think about it this way. Each of us has a, a divine spark, a sun within ourselves, where, which is the core of our energy and our, where we began when we incarnated and where our power derives from. And it's just like the sun in the sky that warms the earth and makes plants grow, provides all the energy for life on the planet. The sun sign that you have tells you what kind of flavor, what kind of predispositions your energy has. So that when you, as a spiritual person of any kind, or magician, witch, whatever term you like, call upon power or open up your psychic senses, the juice that you pull up is first filtered through that. Then mm. you've got all the other all the planets, all the signs, and you are the whole universe, right? You contain a copy of inside you. But the thing that is lighting it up is of that particular flavor. Oh, that's beautiful. So in your books, do you tell people like different ways to do rituals that will more benefit their sun sign or the way they yeah. help you with their coloring through? So it's a half and half thing. I, in each of the books, I provide the information about things like which, which particular patterns of, of personality you have, which ways that you might be able to draw upon energy. There's a ritual for how to connect with the guiding spirit of that sign. And then the second author is talking about lived experience of these are the things that I've experienced or have happened to me as an Aries witch or a Sag witch or whatever they may be. And that way you see it in action. And then there are short pieces that are like spells and, and little vignettes out of people's lives by several other people. So you get a broader sense. 
I also in each book provide, if you are, say, for example, I'm a Sag with a Scorpio moon. So there's a chapter that lists each of the permutations. So you see each of the possibilities. If your sun is here and your moon is here, this is the way that magic works for you and which things you might be drawn to or have greater ease in learning. It also went for the rising. So it's a mixture of things. Honestly, the value of this book is not just for you, for your sun sign, but if you want to learn about the 12 signs in general, it's not a bad idea. I, I have friends that have been buying a sun sign for their kids or their partners or whatever, or their coven mates or, or people that they work with as a way of better understanding how their energy flows. Wow, that is beautiful. Yes, I'm I'm slowly collecting them and I love it. And I just did get Libra Witch. We'll go. So you've been doing, you've been practicing for a long time and looking in your bios and for decades and decades. So tell us, how did you come upon this very magical path? Were you something you were born into or thrown into? I'm going to say a little bit of both. I was definitely thrown into it in the sense that I was one of those kids that was always seeing things, feeling things, responding to things that may or may not be there. And it wasn't imagination. Yeah. I knew the world was bigger from the time I was a kid. And I had kind of 50-50 mix. I had, I'll say just the grandmom's room. I had a grandmom that was very Catholic and this is wrong. Period. And then I had the other grandmother who was also Catholic, but said, yeah, I see things too. Just don't tell people about it. You're just going to get in trouble. So I did a lot of exploring as a kid in different religious systems and finding every little occult book when I could. My first, it was hard. The first books I was looking for on any kind of magic or occultism was back in the seventies, which was not an easy deal. I'm 65. I connected with the magical pagan community around 1978-ish. And that was a totally magical thing too. I was fencing. I was at the fencing club at the University of Delaware while I was still in high school, but I got permission to go because there were too many places to go fencing. And I loved the idea of fighting with swords. And we were changing the locker room and this guy had, was changing fast. And from underneath this t-shirt out popped a little pentacle. And my eyes just went, pentacle. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, so are you a witch? Are you Gardnerian or Alexandria? Are you something else? Blah, 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 blah. He says, can we take this out in the hole? Because he did not want to put it to every single person. And he said, you're too young for any of this. But he said, give me a bunch of envelopes with stamps and your address on it. And we'll put you on the, you'll get our newsletter, but nobody who's respectable is going to take you into their coven until you're 18, which was right. So I managed to connect with community in a kind of a magical way. I uh, found my way to it really easily uh, in an era where there was no internet. Yeah. I and almost no medical shops. I, w I was way back, not quite the well, 70s, but definitely into the 80s and finding, and yeah. all I had was Scott Cunningham. <laughs> and we give thanks. I, yes, I live by uh, Scott Cunningham. It, so I'm very yeah. elemental in all my work. That is such my base. And yeah. And this, and that's how I go. You also have a book on the elements, right? right? The Four Elements of the Wise. And hey, in my mind, all my books are the same book. It's just like there are different chapters in, in the giant books that I hope to write over the course of my life. <laughs> and the element book came out because I'm not going to say that you ever get tired of teaching things. Though sometimes you have to say, renew how you do it. But I said, I need to put down everything that I can think of that I would teach my students in a book. Because A, I'm not going to have one-on-ones or, or classes with everybody that, and here, read this. And then when you come to my class, you'll have a jump start. It was a way of, of putting that all on paper. But there's the other thing is that I think elements are so important. 
And because they are one of the first things you can find, and it's one of the easiest things to find online or elsewhere, when people think something is easy to find or is the first thing, they forget how fundamental means that it is the foundation. Not that it's something to be neglected, not something that's simple, but it's something that's actually what holds the whole thing up. The elements are really important to me. Yeah, me too. I live by it. That is my practice base over as eclectic as I am with everything. So what do you think about now? We know that there's this rise in witchcraft. It's the fastest growing religion in America, which is, to me, it's great on a million reasons, mostly that it's awareness of the earth, of the elements. So what do you, we're so off balance now. What is your thoughts on the now of life and our practices? Okay. I do believe in reincarnation. Then I do believe that we have a certain amount of choice about when and how and where we show up when we come to planet Earth. And I think that if you picked, and I believe that we had a lot of choice to be here on planet Earth at this time, it's because you decided that you wanted to do some hard work. If you wanted to, you came here to do the hard work. And as, as somebody who's got an astrological background, we are smack dab in the middle of the change of the ages from the age of Pisces and the age of Aquarius. Now, I'm just going to put that in a different way. And, and by the way, when does it happen? It doesn't matter. Let me tell you why. I live in Delaware and the weather's been crazy right now. That is most in the country. But let's pretend that tomorrow were the, was the first day of spring. Does that mean that I can break out all my warm weather clothing? No. It's going to wiggle back and forth and there's going to be storms. It's going to get hot, it's going to get cold. All it means is that every day after that, it looks a little bit more like spring and then eventually it is spring. And that's something that's just happens in the course of a year. Ages last a little over 2000 years. So the time that's in that fuzzy zone where there's like the storms caused by one age and the other kind of like going back and forth, we're all the rest of my life. If, if there's a toddler listening, the rest of that toddler's life is going to be still in that area of transition from one season of the universe to another season of the universe. So we're here to do the hard work. And I think that nature and the spirits of various kinds are calling to us to do what we can as individuals and collectively as a movement, we have an impact on um, preserving what can be and healing what can be and trying to divine where else needs to go. Yeah, I, I love that because I'm not astrologer and I, it's always, we're going into the ages of Aquarius. I know that means something very big. Aquarians are different, so it would make sense. Oof. I'm going to say that, that uh, one thing that I, that, that I get unhappy about when, when people talk about astrology is the following thing. There is no combination of planets or, 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 or alignments in the heavens that makes things good. It's just opportunities. It's just energies. But human beings have to pick themselves up and actually put it to good use because otherwise it's either missed opportunity or power doesn't necessarily mean good. That's about it. So no, there's nothing that guarantees that the age of Aquarius will be like that silly song from the 60s, the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Everything in the song is a lie. Everything in the song is a lie. It is... Uh, Pisces wants the world to be unified and together and beautiful and harmonious. So it is looking, so at, at the end of the age of Pisces, the, the collective consciousness is looking forward and saying, I want the next age to be that. It's just another season. And if you know your Aquarians, I'm going to say Ronald Reagan was an Aquarius. 
And he was not progressive. Aquarians want to make the world better, but everybody's got a really different idea of what better looks like. Okay. So us knowing that, again, I love that. So like us, like you have your books on Scorpio, all the different things. So us knowing that, how do we, okay, spring is coming. So do we just put that into our awareness of how we do things? Or is there certain things that we could add to our life going, okay, we picked coming to do hard work. We picked this time to be here, which I believe whole everything that you said, I think picked right here. I believe in reincarnation. It's okay. I put myself here. Yeah. You you chose to be here because you can do the work. Yeah. All right. Look, we're going to compare it to something that most energetically sensitive people have felt. Have you ever walked into a room and even though nobody's arguing, you, the, the energy in there is, oh, it, it's thick. Yeah. People have been arguing. Even if it, the room is empty, it's, whoa, I need to clear the room a little bit because it feels with that. How come? Because every time that we put out energy and emotion, it produces patterns that stick around for a while and eventually they dissipate just like smells do, but not overnight. The, now, think it on the level of the whole culture. The more individuals are putting out, I'm going to look at things with compassion. I'm going to try to do my best. I'm going to stand up for what needs to be uh, done when there's conflict and the right thing is a, is a hard line for me. The more we create an atmosphere of compassion and justice, the more likely the rest of humanity will feel that energy in the air. So instead of walking into an angry room, we're walking into a room where people are focused and trying to problem solve. So I think that even just holding your, your consciousness in a, in a clearer, more focused state helps all of humanity. Now, if you do magic in, to, in your life, even better, but just maintaining the presence of mind is helping everyone and everything make a smoother transition. I like that because you do feel anger in a lot more rooms than we used well, to. I do a yeah. lot of clearings and energetic clearings. It's holy moly. Yeah. I won't say the where and when, but I, not that long ago, I attended a public hearing. And you know what? When it comes to local stuff, public hearings are important, right? Yes. And there's all strong feelings about different things. And the room was getting really bad. I had already spoken and I was sitting in the audience. So what I did is I started just to breathe and ground and center and just try to pull some of the excess energy out of the air and ground it out. I was not trying to influence anybody in the room, not trying to say here, you will believe what I just said in my statement. More, no, the air is getting really too thick in here. It's harder for people to be lucid and think clearly when there's all this hot energy around. So anytime that you don't have to wait anywhere you are, you can begin to just pull and dump some of the excess energy. The earth can compost anything given enough time. So just pull the energy of anger, confusion, fear, distress, whatever it may be, and put it down. I love that. And again, needed seemingly more than ever with going on. Okay. So um, if I'm listening to this and I'm like, maybe new to this world, is like, how do I do that? So I'm a, a very visual person, but not everybody is. No. So, so if you are a visual person, then imagine that uh, your soft gaze, unfocus your eyes a little bit, look around the room, see if you, you if anything looks cloudy or, or, or bright red or anything that looks like looks like trouble to you and then just see it flowing towards you see it going down towards the ground but maybe you don't see things maybe you need to do words like i send into this air clarity and conscience and the things that are needed to have civil society you know whatever 
then maybe you're going to be doing a mantra and pushing that out into the space. Or maybe you're the kind of person that feels maybe tingles on your body or it feels like warmth or cold or whatever. Then focus on those sensations and imagine that you are putting out your hands and grabbing those energies and moving it in. Everybody does things differently and not one way is better than another. And just figure out which way you notice what energy feels like. And if you're one of those people who says, oh, I don't think I feel anything, I'm a leadhead. And I have friends that are actually really good healers or can do all sorts of magical stuff. And they think of themselves that way. And I said, trust, stuff is happening. You may not be able to see it in this moment or feel it in this moment, but the results speak for themselves. So just trust and, and breathe. You can do it. You can do it. There are lots of techniques, but the first part is just to stop disbelieving in yourself. Yes. That is beautiful. Thank you. So that's even the way I teach psychic development. You're knowing, like going to Claire, what, where's your strong suits? Where are you? What is your dominant? What is there? This and that. So working within that, I think that is beautiful. So I'm going to walk into every room. And see. <laughs> you could also, uh, I was just at a conference and if I see a speaker that's trying to teach and some people are born to be in front of an audience and other people, they're great. They're knowledgeable, but you put them in front of the audience. And so if a speaker is up there and they're struggling a little bit, I just start sending, I, I'm listening to every word, I, I, I'm valuing it. I'm just going to send positive, uh, positive energy towards them about how much I care that they're out there. And people feed off the audience, even if they're unaware that's what they're doing. Yes, they do. I do that. And then just that this is because I do a lot of energy in court. And right. Do you notice that person probably will notice you, even if it's a big audience and start looking at you, the one yeah, sending them? They do. I yeah, do they that. Do because if I'm like, I need to focus here. If I'm the one on that stage, I will, oh, this person, they're listening. If I want to take it to the simplest of terms, their that, energy is connning and it could affect yeah. them. Yeah. I yeah, love and, and, well, sincerity is infectious. We know that human emotions can spread like wildfires. They can amplify the ones that are going to do us the most good. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So what is, I give you have, t tell us about some of your books or your favorite books or what you have coming out. Oh, so, golly. so I have, I have the four elements of the wise, which you mentioned. I've got the 12 book astrology series. It's about the signs. I have a book called practical astrology for witches and pagans that is got almost no math in it. Ooh, then it, I can listen. It is not meant, it's for teaching people how to use the magical language of astrology the imagery of astrology and the stories of astrology, or even the idea of if you've opened most books, sooner or later you'll read it to this is an herb of Mars or Saturn or yada, 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 or of this element and this planet and or sign, whatever. And you go, cool, whatever. I'm not sure what that's telling me. But if, but if you think of it as a language and that each of these things represents a whole set of ideas, then when you look at that, oh, I see what that means. So here's the thing. You work the elements, which means that if you because we are made of the four elements, we can call on them because light calls to light. Yep. In us, we also have each of the planets, each of the signs. And once you know what they feel like, you can call on them in the same way that you would call the elements because you have a sky within. It's interacting with the sky above, but you have a sky within. I'm going to say a ridiculous thing that I used to do that worked just to show you how quick and easy that kind of magic can be. Mind you, I love fancy smells and bells, high ritual, but I also like the simple stuff. Have you ever been to those places where they have a ton 
of used or remaindered books on tables on tables and you wander through and try to find and you can't carry that many and you only have so much money to buy the books yeah. and you and you can't and you can't decide if you want that one or not but you can't carry let's say i found a book that i will put my hand on that book and then put some energy into it and then i will draw the glyph for the planet saturn by the way learning an alphabet is it's no harder than just learning new letters right okay. saturn represents solidity gravity weight staying put I put a symbol of Saturn for it, walk away, look at other books, and then come back. If I'm going to buy it, I pick it up. If I'm not going to buy it, I erase that Saturn because it keeps the book in place until I come back for it. Nobody's going to buy it until. Really? Or I'm about to pick up some heavy things. Like a friend of mine wanted me to help move their wood stove. Now, I, there were several of us, and they're, they're quite heavy. So just before I breathe, I pulled in energy from the world. And then on my biceps and on my thighs, I drew the symbol for Mars, which is physical vitality and strength and poured red energy into myself. And for a short span of time, I was a little bit stronger. Wow. Each of the symbols in astrology is just like runes, is just like sigils. If you know what they are, you can call them, then you can call the power they represent. And that's simple use. Of, it's, I hate to put it this way, but a friend of mine said, yeah, that's hedge astrology. And it's, that's fine. I, I like it. Just, I love it because I work with runes. I work right. with sigils all the time and the importance well, of what the sigils are. So just learning the, the planets, yeah, that's true. That alone gives you a big jump up. Honestly, most people are already doing it. If you've ever done a, a seven-day uh, ritual or set with a seven-day candle or something like that, yeah, one of the reasons that works so well is that each day of the week is, is one of the seven elder planets. And by doing it seven days in a row, you collect the energy and the blessing of each of the seven elder planets. Built into the magic. Built into the magic. And, and if you know it, even better. That's good. The more, the more awareness you have, the, the better it gets. Right. I see that too. It's adding one more element to everything. So what's... Go on. I have a book called Spirit Speak, which came out years ago. I'm trying to get the, uh, the uh, publisher to allow me to expand it. I wrote and that. I wanted to ask you did, about that. Yeah, I wrote that a long time ago, and I'd like to expand it. But that book covers a little bit about everything. It talks about the dead. It talks about gods and goddesses. It talks about channeling and mediumship and divine possessory work and actually provides some instruction on how to do divine possession the way that my tradition does it. And... But it's not specific to a specific tradition. It's, I, I try to write in a way that, even though I'm a witch, I try to write in a way that whatever you are, it, it will be applicable. But Spirit Speak is like my introduction to contact and awareness uh, with other beings. I've got my Keys to Perception book, which is basically my psychic development book. Wow. I'm working, another book I'm working on right now is like the reverse, a book on raising, shaping, managing energy, all the active talents rather than the uh, receptive ones. I don't know. I'm, I, everybody says you're too busy. Uh, I get that too. I'm not writing as many what? books as you are. I write, but I like being too busy. So you as a, both as a witch pagan and an astrologer, yep. and we're stepping yep. into 2024, almost age of Aquarius. Yep. What are your best tips for whatever sun sign that we are for how to us to navigate what again is not the easiest of times. We are truly in, in probably the most transformative times. Good work. Because <laughs> <laughs> it could be either good or bad, depending upon your, or, or neither, depending upon your perspective. 
So part of it is this, and I live near the, about 40 minutes from the ocean. If there is a big wave, you swim with it. You can't fight the big wave. You've got to body surf it or go with it. If you try to go against it, you're just going to be tangled up and, and dragged under, right? If there is an undertow and we have, I, I had a cousin that almost drowned once I pulled around in the water there, you, you swim parallel to the ocean, to the curve until it weakens and you can come back to shore. As big momentous moments in your personal life or on the stage of history, because we live in a time when histor historical events are happening fast and furious, body surf it. Swim, swim until, and swim parallel to it until you can make it back to shore. It's like the other thing I was talking about with Friendman recently. These times are a lot like getting born or a lot like dying. The more you fight it, the harder it is. It's, if a baby is trying to get born, the last thing it should be doing is trying to crawl up back into the womb. If a person is, all, is going through the same tunnel, it, it looks different in each direction. But if you're going on that tunnel, to, returning back to brilliance and returning to the other side, then it's best to release and allow the process to engage. And since we're all going to go through a lot of change, think of it as birth and death. And the biggest thing is breathe, let it happen and process it as you go. I don't think that there's any such thing as inherently bad or good, but I will say that this come April is going to be probably the most intense month in many years of anybody's life. Uh -huh. Just so you know, it's coming April is, and some things will be evident immediately and some things will be the seed is planted and it will take years to see what happens, but it doesn't have to be all bad, which is easy. It's too easy to focus on the bad. My friend, Gwendolyn, Gwendolyn Reese, who's brilliant and a professor and very much in love with the Greek mythology and Greek ways in all their forms says that what she's trying to do, and she encourages other people to do live your life heroically. Mm. Now that does not mean superhero level her her heroism, but what she does with students at the college she works at is heroic from my perspective. What people, there's a thousand and one ways to be heroic. It makes, it centers the story on you doing your absolute best. Oh, I love that. Thank you. I love that. And I'm still stuck on the body surf. I'm an LA girl. I grew up going to the beach and body surfing every day. Yeah. I know how to yeah. wave and when you have to, oh, riptides and everything else. You cannot fight the ocean. You have to figure out ways to work with or let it do its thing so that you can end up on the other side. Right. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. All right, you guys, surf and live heroic. Let everybody know before we go, oh my God, this is, I have so many questions, but we just have to have you back. Can we do that? Uh, I um, love to it. So tell everybody about where they can find you, where they can get your books, anything you have coming up, appearances or new book releases. Let us know. We want to know. Me, I mean, the whole book series, basically look for the Sunshine series for the witches. I'm going to be teaching at the conferences. Honestly, if you go to my website, which is just evodomingusjr.com, I have a teaching schedule there. I'm going to Paganicon in Minneapolis. I'm going to Sacred Space Conference in Maryland. All these very soon. I'm going to uh, Summer Magic in Florida. I might be going to Mystic South in Atlanta. I love teaching and doing in-person things. So you can catch me at those places. And honestly, buy my books wherever you can. But if you have a local store, shop local, right? I know it's convenient to go online and just have it delivered to your mailbox or your front door or whatever, but 
our, our stores or like community centers or little shrines or little temples or portals of access for people to find their way into these communities. So we need to keep them alive because it is harder to keep those running. So please support them if you can. So thank you for that. Okay. Thank you, Evo. This is great. Thank you for bringing your magic to the witching hour. You guys check him out, go to his website, follow any social media he has, go to these beautiful events and surf along. Ah. Thank you. Thanks.